Christmas from everyone at Aubrey School. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Master Mai, good afternoon. Welcome to Wednesday's Man in Line, lunchtime on the Isle of Man. Open line through till one. Call 66 13 68. Text 166 WhatsApp on the same number, 166177. Email studio at If you're WhatsApping, by the way, you'll need us in your contacts. Of course, with WhatsApps, you can send so much more. You can send photos. And you can send voice messages as well. You can almost send sandwiches. The choice is yours. Last night, says John in Port Aaron, the weather was so bad, Manxman sailings to and from Hesham were cancelled. So imagine our surprise to find food delivered to the shops this morning. Checking on the ship tracking site, we find that the Arrow did a freight run from Hesham in the early hours of the morning. So the weather was too bad for our big new expensive vessel, but not too bad for the smaller Arrow. What do the steam packets say? Is the Manxman unable to sail in, sail in weather conditions? where the Ben could sail. Of course, on the Steam Packets website, you'll see all sailings between now and Christmas are shown as liable to cancellation. So is uh, the Manxman cancellation situation dependent solely on the weather, or do the numbers of passengers booked and the amount of freight to be shifted influence decisions over the next few days? It's going to be critical for people travelling to uh, and from the Isle of Man to be with families on and across at Christmas. Any chance of more information and less secrecy? Well, the Manxman sailed this morning, but the sailing, as you heard, was cancelled last night, and every crossing between now and Christmas, red flag. It's all red. It's like my old school report. Here's the Steam Packets Managing Director, Brian Thompson, on what he says to people whose Christmas plans are in turmoil. I'm extremely sorry for those people. Unfortunately, the weather's just something that we can't control. Uh, I've seen all the speculation online that other vessels would have sailed, which, from the company's point of view, is absolute nonsense. Weather like this would have cancelled any vessel. Um, so we're sorry to those people affected, but really there's, there's very little we can do. Do we know how many people were expecting to sail um, between now and Christmas? We'll have those numbers written down somewhere. I don't have them to hand. But there is a significant number of people due to travel at this time of year. And I think that's a frustration. If it had happened one or two weeks either side of Christmas, it wouldn't have had such an impact. Um, But we we feel for those people because, you know, every member of our staff who's based on the island has, has felt this disruption personally in their family life as well. I suppose the question is around contingencies. Is there the possibility that if we see a calm spell, the boat can just go? Is there that ability to to scramble in effect? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the, the, the good things about the liveaboard model that we're trying to move towards is to have that flexibility. So the vessel, if they're, if they're sitting alongside the crew are living and working on board, it's manned 24 hours. It can go at a moment's notice. So we are constantly looking for those windows in the weather. And when we can rearrange sailings, of course, it's not going to be convenient for everyone. But that's absolutely what we'll do. 
And is there any news about freight as well? Are there chances that we could get freight-only sailings um, going in this time? So you've probably noticed that the Arrow's been sitting alongside all week and hopefully she'll pick up some backlog of freight at Hesham and we'll keep her in the loop as well for the next few days um, and any window where she can sail she'll do that as well so we're, we're hopeful to be able to bring some freight and we've spoke to the customers as well ensuring that we're communicating effectively with the freight customers and with the passengers I think that's all we can do as I said the weather's something we just don't control So the people who say the Ben would have sailed you, you don't recognise that? Another wrong Brian Thompson, Managing Director of the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. Now, that weren't enough. A week today, steam packet workers start industrial action short of a strike, which will see members of the Nautilus Union, not everybody, but just members of the Nautilus Union, only work to their job title and won't carry out any overtime. Okay, Brian Thompson's described the announcement as hugely disappointing, but he believes the union thinks the ferry operator, the steam packet, our company, is an easy target. Gary Elliott is the senior national organiser for Nautilus, the union. I find that quite disrespectful to his employees because we're a membership-led organisation that takes into account what our members um, feel. And it isn't our members or the employees that have made the threat of fire and rehire three days before Christmas. This disruption could have been avoided quite easily had he maintained the consultation, negotiation and utilised arbitration as contained within the collective bargaining agreement. So what is Nautilus hoping to get out of the industrial action? Because the the steam packet says it doesn't think the current action will have that much impact. So is this symbolic rather than expecting a rethink? Well, again, it's Nautilus as a professional organisation and a trade union that's been representing seafarers for 160 years and having a lot of members that operate on lifeline services, finding a way to try and get the company, the employer back around the table for negotiations and consultation. We didn't close down that process. The employer closed down that process. We're quite happy to move to arbitration. The employer isn't. So they need to really rethink um, what their thoughts are on maintaining that consultation and negotiation. The ballot is indicative of previous consultation and what it's showing to the company is there is a loss of trust and confidence in the employer. You can't threaten your employees three days before Christmas with the threat of dismissal and a sacking that will take effect on the 1st of January. So it's a week today, 6 o'clock, a week today. At 6pm, Nautilus Industrial Action will actually begin. Uh, As the owner, by the way, of the steam packet, if you're a a taxpayer, and even if you're not, you're in on this, uh, how do you feel about this? Could this have been handled any better, or is this just, are we a victim of circumstance where that's concerned? I mean, as in coming in between the management and the uh, members of the Nautilus Union. And by the way, uh, do you have any friends or relatives who are coming back to the Isle of Man for Christmas and New Year? Just wonder what the atmosphere is like there and what their contingency plans are. I mean, Christmas dinner in the holiday and in Lancaster won't be... Well, it wouldn't be what they'd expect. So any thoughts on this? And perhaps you're heading off or you've got friends who are heading off to the UK and beyond for Christmas and the New Year. 
difficult, isn't it? And uh, we don't know. And obviously, Mr. Thompson says that Ben McCree wouldn't have gone in this weather. Well, it's immaterial at the moment because she's got a hole in her and she, she wouldn't be here anyway. The Lady of Men used to sail in some pretty hairy weather. Obviously, those days are gone now. Lady of Men couldn't carry any big wagons like uh, the Ben McCree and subsequently the Mengsman. But thoughts on this. We are in the middle of this. Uh, it's the weather. Of course, the weather is something that we just have to deal with all the time. But there is this industrial action that's uh, hanging over us. A note in from Graham who says, does anybody know why Manx Telecom has had no email function for seven days? When I spoke to them, they said it was no, they no longer own the ManxNet platform. An Australian company owned the ManxNet platform. I think that's been the case for a, a while, but uh, intermittently, uh, the Manx.net does seem to be having a wobble every now and again. I just wonder what the situation is like with you. Uh, Eddie's first with us today. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Andy. All right? Good, thanks. Yeah. Yep. Um, my talk for the day, if I, if I may. Of course, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, prior to doing it, though, uh, yesterday I was on... And uh, shortly after I was on, Bonzo came on, I believe, and uh, and he was pointing out my misinformation. And then, of course, after Bonzo came Betty to, to my rescue. Good on you, Betty. <laughs> but what I'd like to say to Bonzo is I, for the last 12 months, like a lot of other people, I've just been trying to search for the truth. And most of the things, well, all the things I hope that I actually say are exactly the truth. I wouldn't tell a lie. It's a fact about uh, about the uh, the French shutting down wind farms. You know, all these things are true. But what, what I suggest is to everybody, I mean, in the last 12 months, I've found out that there's two people who I don't believe anymore because of what I found out myself. That's the MUA and the government. So I suggest everybody do exactly the same as I'm doing and find out for themselves because it's all there if they search for it. Okay, but my point today is about uh, the wind turbines and whether they're green or not. What we've been trying to work out is that they have said there's X amount of money for the the turbines. I think I can't remember how many millions it was, but they haven't quite given us a figure to make sure the infrastructure goes in and everything. Well, what we've been thinking is when they get to the top of the slot, they've then got to create a road through into the plantation once that's cut down, which is a temperate rainforest. We don't agree with that. But once they do this, and then they start creating the pads, well, they've got to dig off down to a solid ground. And the, the the ground that they're going to take off is what we know as Heathland, but they are now saying it's not. But where they're going to put it? I mean, they don't know the depth of it or anything. So, they, I mean, if there's 400,000 tonnes of concrete got to go in, I would say that's about the same amount got to come off uh, of, of the Heathland. Where's it going to be taken? Where's it going to be stored and everything? <clears throat> Excuse me. And more to the point is there will be a court battle for sure, e even if it's only me that does it. But I think there'll be a lot of people joining in the court battle against the health and so forth about it. 
But if they are forced to put it back, how on earth are they going to put back? It could be as much as 600,000 tonnes of Heathland because nobody knows the depth, so you've got to go from between three and seven or eight. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. And and just to top that, if they do lose the battle, the court battle, there'll be compensation claims, right? Uh, not not uh, not long ago, we paid out two point one million. Was it to Dr. Uh, Ranson? We're going to end up paying tons and tons of money. It's just, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, it's just a, an absolute diabolical. Disaster, Eddie. Who's putting oh. those uh, those uh, barriers up? You know those um, banners up around. I saw one at the top is it, uh, top of Glen Road in Colby uh, yesterday. Who's putting the banners up? The, the no wind turbines. Well, we formed a group in in the Skird, Ronag, and so forth. I'm not too sure exactly who's put them up uh, exactly, but I would imagine it's our group. Okay, and. I mean, that's that's just the least we can do at the moment is to try and make people driving past that aware of it. But, but like I said before, what I want to do is the kids are today, it's going to, they've got another three years, these lot won't care, the, the government at the moment, because once they've got the pensions, they won't care what happens. But for all the kids of the future and all the people of the future, if anybody cares about the Isle of Man in that government, they will not do this. This is just going to kill the Isle of Man totally. Not just financially, but it will kill the view of the Isle of Man, all the walks, the bio, everything. You name it. Dark skies, uh, um, the bird life, everything. It's just an absolute ridiculous sort of thought even to put wind farms on land. Okay. All right, Eddie. Thanks for calling today. Thanks, Andy. Good to hear from you. It's 21 minutes past 12 from Eddie to Eddie. Hi, Eddie. Hi, mate. I'd like to talk about the steam packet and the managing director. Okay. He made a statement the other day there that we actually employ 10% of local people. So the other 90% are all subcontracts by shipping people from all over the world. We don't even advertise vacancies in the Isle of Man for the Manx Steam Packet. I think this is an absolute disgrace, considering that so far we've gone and spent nearly £190 million on this company. And it's supposed to be our company. And we're not even employing local people. I heard uh, Mr. Thompson say that shipping's an international business, Eddie. It's not. We are not an international business. We are a local-run company. We're running from the Isle of Man to England. So we're an internal. We're not international. He's used as an escape outfit. You you go and look at the Isle of Wight. You go down Dover Way. You'll find that nearly all the vessels are employed by local people, except P and O. He went and sacked all their local people, and this is what this guy is trying to do, exactly the same thing. So, and if this uh, man allows it, there's an election coming up in a couple of years, and a lot of them are going to find themselves out. This, this must have been happening for a while then, if what you say is, is true. So how come nobody's raised it before? Well, put it this way. When I sailed 
in the 60s and the 70s. We had six passenger boats and three cargo boats. 90% were local men. If you do not advertise the jobs locally, then the people don't get them, do they? They go out to shipping agencies and they supply them. You've got people from all over the world working on our boats. Germany, many years ago, if they were in internal sailing, they had to be done by German seamen. And we should do the same thing here. If we're going to only be going to do from the Alaman to England, then it should be local people. Not people from all over the world and cheap labour. Let's forget, this is the main thing. The main thing is we don't know how many hours these people are doing. They're not represented by anybody. You don't know how many hours these people are doing when they're shoved on these boats. And they've got no representation. They can't go to anybody. They can't turn anybody. They sign a contract and that's it. They've got to do that six months, whatever it is. So, so we're making our company, we're making this company, which is supposed to be ours, the people of the Isle of Man, we're making us look like we're, I don't know, I'm ashamed of it, actually. Uh, so, I mean, you I think... I was always trying to say I was a steam-packing man, but not anymore. You think this is bad for our reputation? Definitely. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. This man is hiding behind all sorts of things. Listen, if, this, if the adult can sail. Why have we got a boat that can't? I mean, I used to be proud to be a Manxman. I'm not proud of that boat. She's a thigh egg. It's as simple as that. That's as low as I can call her. I mean, there wasn't one Irish boat cancelled last night. Not one. If you go on, this, on their sea list, you'll see that every one of their vessels sailed on time. And we've got this £70 million glass house that can sail when the weather's nice get shot bring the band back all right eddie i appreciate all the, all the bad things mate all right and I... merry christmas to all of you all right but, thanks but for definitely not to the management of the steam pack <laughs> thanks for calling today is david now with us hi david hi randy um <clears throat> just a, a comment on the steam packet it's yet another branch of um the seed mentality from management. We had it with the bus drivers. We've had it with all sorts of branches of government and business. It seems to be endemic to the Isle of Man. Um, what I can't understand is, uh, I think it was Brian Thompson on this program about three weeks ago, he made a comment that the new vessel, the Manxman, was built and designed with accommodation for its crew. Now, why, at that, well, prior to that stage, was there no consultation with the union with the management and the uh, workforce as a proposal with this is what we're going to do or what, you know, can we have a talk about it? We've got this ludicrous situation now where we're going to get people who potentially could end up getting fired, which would then be constructed dismissal, which would then be an industrial tribunal. And we're going down that rabbit hole again where it could potentially cost a great deal of money to the taxpayers of the Alamance. It just—it's a siege mentality of management again. This is what we're doing, regardless. Like the wind turbines, this is what we're doing. So uh, I, I don't know where democracy has gone on over the island and certain branches of it. It doesn't make sense to me. So, what would be your message to um, to the steam packet, to, to the bosses, to the chairman, to the managing director? 
my message would be you can't alter somebody's contract of employment to such an extent where where you, you'll end up walking away because it's um, constructive dismissal. You need to sit down around the table. If the two of you can't solve it, go to arbitration. I would think that would be a fair way out. I mean, how, what's the point about the people staying on board if they're stuck in Douglas Harbour? All right. I appreciate that. Thanks for calling today. All right. 27 minutes past 12. Have you got any thoughts on this? Do you think this is... Remember, this uh, company has been bought on our behalf. Treasury is the shareholder. It's an arm's length company. It's unfoiable. We can't put any freedom of information requests in. It's alongside the Max Development Corporation. So we don't quite know what's going on inside the steam packet company. Now, the bosses say they want to run it as a company. It's, it's to all intents and purposes, it is arm's length, and they want to run it. Remember, it has historically been a cash cow for whoever has owned the Isle of Man Steam Cap Packet Company, whether or not it was Jim Sherwood and Sea Containers, whether that management buyout that happened for funded by Montague Capital, which made millions of pounds for the management buyout at the time, the Macquarie Australian Bank owned it, uh, the uh, that South American pension fund, then the uh, the uh, bank Espirito Santo, the Holy Ghost owned it, and now we own it, and it makes money. It's a profitable profitable company. So should we let the directors alone? They are professionals. They know what they're doing. The chairman is extremely experienced. The managing director is experienced. They know what they're doing. Do we say, crack on, boys? You make the money. And obviously, we are the shareholders. There will be dividends paid through to Treasury. Or do we get involved? Is it our place to get involved? Or is it not? Have you got any thoughts? It's good to talk. It's how we get things done. So when you apply for a personal loan from Black Horse, you'll get support from one of our relationship managers who's there to talk you through your application. You could borrow up to £50,000 with up to seven years to pay it back and you could receive your money within 24 hours of approval. Ready to talk? Go to blackhorseoffshore.co.uk to request a call back today. Finance subject to status, applicants must be 18 or over. 70 million workdays lost. A cost of up to £99 billion to the UK economy. Can your business afford to ignore mental health? St. John Ambulance have partnered with Mental Health First Aid England in a bid to transform workplace mental health and support staff. We are offering adult mental health first aid training courses to encourage early intervention, helping you recognise the signs and symptoms and guide a person to the right support. Call St. John Ambulance on 674 387 today. Treat your friends with gifts galore. fa la 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 Buy a new phone this Christmas with a smart and limited contract from Manx Telecom and walk away with a free present worth up to £299. From an Xbox Series S to AirPods and many more. Spoil someone special or keep it for yourself. Tech the halls this Christmas with Manx Telecom. Terms and conditions apply. Visit mt.im slash Christmas for details. Have you heard the news? We are number one. We are family run. 
The huge Mike's Motors winter sale is now on. With prices that will warm your heart, a handsome £200 worth of Marks and Spencer's vouchers and a full tank of fuel with every vehicle sold. Buy now with nothing to pay for three months and up to £500 cash back available on all our finance deals. So come on down to Castletown and grab your deal today. T's and C's apply. Mike's Motors is an approved Conister Bank partner. Hello, I'm Mark Tiley, and this Boxing Night, I'm hooking up with Stu Lowe for three hours. I'll be here in the Isle of Man, he'll be over there in Canada, and between us, we cover 44 years of Manx Radio's history. So what can you expect? Great music, lots of chat, and absolutely no name-dropping. I was in Mick Fleetwood's restaurant in Lahaina in Maui, and it burnt to the ground, and it was one of the best restaurants I've ever been in. Join him, Stu Lowe, and me, Mark Tiley, this Boxing Night at 6. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. 29 minutes before 1. Uh, Helen, thanks for the note on 127. Family stuck in Lancaster due to no overnight sailing. Eventually they got the option to sail at 1 o'clock, 1 a.m. Thursday. It's looking doubtful. They've driven from the north of Scotland. So will the boats sail on the 25th on Christmas Day to clear any backlog of passengers? We have more relatives going away for the new year, so everything crossed. It does get emotional this time of the year. The boat is the boat. <laughs> Sounds fatuous, but I mean, it is a boat. It does do cargo and routine things. But this time of the year, it, you're hooked into people's emotions. Traffic is stuck on Athol Street. What's going on? Is everybody panic buying at Tesco, says 924. You may be right. Neil's on now. Hi, Neil. Hello, Andy. Um, thank you. Um, I've just come on really to support Eddie. I think he got a very, very bad press yesterday. I think he's done his research very thoroughly and um, it all seems factually correct to me. Um, I work in a laboratory, but um, I honestly think this is an absolute nonsense expecting to run the Isle of Man on wind power. They would have to put several hundred wind um, windmills all over the island, which is absolutely going to destroy the, um, the views and the entire aspect of the Isle of Man. And we're on about... Um, promoting a tourist sector. Who on earth wants to come here to look at that? However, another issue which nobody seems to have thought about in this is water supply. I'm old enough to remember when Airystane Reservoir and the Kringle Reservoir serviced the entire south of the Isle of Man. And the water quality, and I've analysed it in our laboratory, the water quality from both reservoirs is absolutely some of the best the island can produce. It's down to about 45 or, or 46 microsiemens, which is exceptionally good quality water. Um, although, to be fair, the faulty well water is coming in around 89 or 90 microsiemens, so it's still relatively good. However, if we start churning up the catchment area above the Airy Stain Reservoir, um, the fact that we are, the government is proposing to bring in thousands more people, which I personally think is a, an, an entirely flawed um, argument, to be frank. We, the, the real issue is we may very well have to recommission the Kringle Reservoir and Airy Stain. And if the catchment area is going to be polluted with um, plastic matter, concrete debris, etc., etc., then we are going to be short of water. I think, it's, I think it's an absolute... I don't think this has really been thought through at all, to be frank. So, I mean, do you think that, that this is the thin end of the wedge? If, if this wind farm goes up in the south at Eristane, that's just the start? It is just the start, and I think there are huge commercial vested interests for a minority of wealthy people who just stand and want to make a substantial amount of money out of these projects. 
I don't think it's been thought through at all. I think the cheapest option would actually to just be to tap into the UK supply and hopefully they will go nuclear because nuclear is the only possible green method of producing energy which has any form of sustainability in my view. Um, and let's just tap into the English or, or, the, or, the Scottish, uh, or the Scottish lines and let's forget about this millions and millions of infrastructure uh, costs, which it's which it's going to do. And, and you, you, you don't think you, you, at the same time. You, you don't think that makes us a hostage to fortune if we just rely on the UK. <laughs> well, we're a hostage to fortune anyway in regard to many things. We're a hostage to fortune when it comes to defence. You know, I mean, we, we can't defend ourselves if, if heaven forbid, the Chinese or the Russians decided to decided to turn west. We can't defend ourselves. We would rely on the United Kingdom for that. We're part of we're much part of a larger group. I think it's an absolute nonsense to um, to cover the Isle of Man in windmills. It, it's just completely unsustainable, and the damage to the environment and the damage to the prospective water supply in the south of the island is. I think, far too big a price to pay. I don't think it's been thought through at all well. But many thanks to Eddie. I think he puts in a very good, valid argument, actually. He's done his research, and I, for one, agree with pretty much everything that he's said. Well, Neil, um, thanks for raising the question of water, because hitherto nobody's done that before. No, they don't. And actually, there's very strict criteria around the catchment area on water regarding it can only be grazed by sheep. You can't put cattle on the hills um, because of a runoff from, um, from, from spoil from cattle, etc. And um, that entire area sources down to um, the Airy Stain Reservoir and the other side to the Kringle. In fact, the only area of, of land which is not currently sourced for water in the Isle of Man uh, bearing in mind um, the Snaefell and the Central Valley goes into Salty Will, um, North Barule and um, the catchment area around there goes down to Belua. Um, the south goes into Kringle and Airy Stain. And the Central Valley, the other area, the Baldwin Valley area, floods down into Clips and, um, and Keradu Reservoirs. The only area which cannot be sourced for water is the western side of South Barule, and there was actually, it's still there, a little tiny reservoir on the, on the Glen Russian River. However, that was condemned um, 30 or 40 years ago now, as I recall, um, by, um, by the government laboratory because it was very high in, in, in heavy metals such as cadmium, chromium and lead. So the western side of South Brule cannot be used for water, collect water supply at all. It's really to do with the, the Beckwith vein, which runs from the Foxdale Mines, which is a very long lead lead mine which ran right out under the sea and um, across Glen May. In fact, it was the deepest um, lead mine in Europe at one time, one of the biggest suppliers. But unfortunately, the soil up there is contaminated with, with lead and cadmium and it, it, it just runs off through the acidic nature of the soil. So it has to be the eastern side of South Barule and Penny and, um, and Airy Stain which are collected and um, it's actually excellent water, but I don't think I don't think government have thought this through at all. I think there are vested interests. There are business people out there to make a considerable amount of money, and once again, we will be left in a in an absolute mess. I really think so. Okay, thanks, Neil. Okay, thanks, Andy. Bye-bye all right, now. you Bye-bye. too. Uh, Twenty-two minutes now before one. A note in from Richard Dick says earlier this year, Irish ferries bought a much bigger ferry, the Oscar Wilde. She's taller, far bigger than the Manxman. She'll carry 
2,000 passengers in total and loads of freight across the Irish Sea in any weather. Even with super high sides in a gale, she'll sail with hardly a problem when the Manxman stays in harbour. Maybe the steam packet and the Manxman, instead of the steam packet and the Manxman, we should get Irish sea ferries to call into Douglas when they're crossing the Irish Sea. And we could turn the Manxman into a hotel, a bit like the Queen Mary. And also a note in from somebody who said, you won't, they won't be digging deep if the wind turbines are put at Eristain. They'll be piling the ground for, for the wind turbines. Oh, Bonzo's on now. Hi, Bonzo. Hello, yes, well, mm, uh, yes, uh, Eddie and his green thought for the week and then uh, um, listening to Neil. Again, it shows uh, how much sort of misinformation has actually really sort of permeated into the, into the consciousness by just being repeated again and again and again. Neil, for example, seems to think that uh, this is the thin end of the wedge and the Isle of Man will become a forest of wind turbines. Nobody is proposing that. Nobody's composing that whatsoever. Um, so, as I said before, uh, yesterday, 70% of the, the viable sites for wind turbines can't be built on anyway because they're heathland and they're protected under the Climate Change Act. So, uh, that's a non starter. Um, when we're talking about Erie Stain uh, and Scarred, um, the idea that the woodland there is, is uh, somehow temperate rainforest, I think, is stretching the definition. Uh, a few light years or so. And then Eddie comes out with these figures of 900,000 tons of concrete will be needed for, for, the, uh, for the wind farm. Um, I don't know where he's managed to find that kind of uh, idea from, because I quote from the Brookhaven National Laboratory of America, um, which is the uh, U.S. authority on construction, Sustainable concrete for wind turbine. How many tons of concrete are in a wind turbine foundation? According to their report, wind turbine foundations consume between 243 to 400 tons of concrete per megawatt installed, which means typical wind turbine at that time, uh, 2.5 megawatt turbine, uh, require between 600,000 tons of concrete. So going up to the largest option of the five uh, megawatt turbine, four, four of those each, um, that would infer that it would be 8,000 to 10,000 tons of concrete, which isn't 900,000. So Lord only knows where he gets these ideas from. And the depth uh, of the concrete base necessary um, for one megawatt turbine, a slab foundation would be approximately 15 metres diameter and 1.5-3.5 metres deep. Okay, so for a 5 megawatt turbine, you're probably talking about um, eight meters, maybe, um, and then of course there are pilings. But you could use the pilings and then use the the uh, not quite so deep slab. Um, so again, these ideas that uh, it's going to produce all this um, scarring and waste and and, and such. Uh, you know, I'm afraid it doesn't really gel with reality. Um, as for Neil's comments on wood supply and how that might affect the uh, expansion of water, uh, uh, water supply resources. Um, of course, this project is being run by Manx Utilities, who, of course, supply water. So um, those things must have been uh, taken into consideration, or indeed will be taken into consideration, with the environmental impact assessment. 
Um, and of course, because it's being run by MUA, um, it's not a question of vested interests making loads of money out of it, because it's a public sector project. So, you see, again, you keep, you know, if people keep repeating these pieces of misinformation, which have then sort of, as I say, sort of permeated the public consciousness, um, you know, it's like Trump saying that, uh, oh, the election was stolen, the election was stolen, the election was stolen from us. And now that the uh, Colorado courts have said that he can't be on the primary ballot, well, he must think that Christmas has come early, because now he can say, look what they've done. This shows that they stole the election last time. And this is, the, as I say, this kind of repetition of misinformation affects loads of policy. You have it with, um, with issues with the Mengsman as well, the, the, um, the, the use of opinion as fact. Well, yes, people are entitled to their opinions, but some opinions are more valuable because they are fact. And that the moon is not made out of green cheese. Um, all this has definitely left the building. And the world is indeed not disc-shaped. So do you think this may be uh, filtering down from the fact that there's a lack of trust in the way that government handles projects? And, you know, if the government can't get, if the DOI can't get uh, a sea terminal in the Mersey right and within budget and on time, that putting something up as permanent as and uh, as impressive as a wind turbine or two or three wind turbines that people are entitled to feel a little uneasy about government's hand on the tiller well yes i mean this disconnect between government and its electorate that has been been going on for quite some time and yes, I think uh, given the record of things like Liverpool Ferry Terminal and the promenade, etc., yes, that does uh, lead people to doubt the competence of, of government on these projects and so be resistant to projects which you know, make um, much more sense, or <laughs> indeed actually make sense, um, than those that um, were rather more sort of grandiose and wishful thinking that, that, that escalated into to complete uh, lunacy. Do you perceive this, uh, the proposed wind farm in the South, do you perceive, perceive it as any sort of leap of faith, or is this just a, a natural progression for us? No, I don't see it as a leap of faith. I see it as a commercial decision. Because, as I've said before, using the wind, uh, using the uh, electricity generated by the wind turbines, then allows you to save uh, throttle back the turbines at uh, at pull rows and save money on the gas. So that then that uh, that wind turbine array pays for itself quite quickly in the savings that it makes, uh, and in doing so, in that period, actually stops prices going up. And then, um, as that's been paid for, those savings can then start to come back to the consumer in in lower prices. Okay. All right, Bonzo, appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Okay, then, cheers. Bye. It's a quarter to one on Manx Radio. Andrew's with us now. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Andy and listeners. Uh, good day to you. I just felt I had to phone in after hearing Eddie. Uh, I'll just come to that in a moment, if I may, please. Firstly, the arrow, which was mentioned, uh, perhaps one of your listeners who's a naval architect or something like that will be able to come on and tell us what the actual tolerances are for the arrow sailing in bad weather. So 
let's hope somebody can answer that question. Uh, but back to uh, the, I'll call it what it is, false news. Eddie and his 400,000 tonnes, which Bonzo, I completely agree with, because I heard that figure. I used Google, and you can quite easily find that information and work out what a 300-foot wind pylon needs to secure it. And it's not the figures that Eddie is talking about. That's completely false. How much is it? And then, I'm sorry, Andy, I don't have it here because I have to switch uh, devices. So I don't have it in front of me now. But I pretty much agree with Bonzo. It was somewhere in those ballpark figures that Bonzo was talking about. Nothing like what Eddie is talking about. That's completely false. Who knows where he's got it from? But I'm I'm with uh, Bonzo and his uh, calculations, his information. Secondly, uh, was Neil there? And I'm a bit disappointed you didn't stop him when he said, cover the island in windmills. Completely again, as Bonzo was saying, completely false narrative. So it's just a matter of fact-checking sometimes what these uh, callers come on and say, because it is false. So I'll leave that... uh, Okay, I mean, just just going back to when uh, people talk about covering the island in windmills, that's perception. I mean, to some people, if you could see a wind turbine, you know, anywhere you went, let's just say 10 wind turbines went up, you could see them from just about anywhere you were on, you could see one from just about anywhere you were on the Isle of Man. Now, to some people, that's covering the Isle of Man. Small-minded people, I mean, they need to just travel across to England or the continent and see how many wind turbines there are. Oh, I mean, areas. yes, I mean, certainly and in places like Germany, you can't move 20 kilometres without exactly, bumping into one. Exactly, exactly. I mean, all, all, all this, it's uh, scaremongering, false news and a false narrative. And agreeing with Bonzo, these people have got some other agenda. And these people are in the same uh, camp as uh, Donald Trump and his supporters. All right. Pushing some narrative that doesn't exist. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling Thanks so today. Much. Cheers now. Good to All hear right. from you. 12 minutes before one. Uh, the problem with um, somebody's talking about the, the issue with the boat sailing, it's not just the weather, it's having passengers on board. Certainly, there are some vessels that would go otherwise if there weren't any passengers on board. So perhaps it's an insurance issue. And perhaps the steam packet doesn't go with passengers on board because while the freight wouldn't moan about it, passengers would complain about being tossed hither and thither. But there you are. We've all got tales about having been on, and my favourite used to be the Lady of Man. Seemingly, the lady would go in anything. I used to get a bit hairy that if you were downstairs right in the bottom or maybe in the old Lady of Man cinema when the boat was um, doing a pitch and a roll but uh, we've all got tails haven't we
So more thoughts on this. Uh, text, email, call and WhatsApp. Look at that time, 11 minutes before one. Conventional wisdom says that it's all downhill from here is a bad thing. Well, we politely disagree. We've moved our friendly branch team down the hill to the Santander Work Cafe at Market Hall on North Quay. So in addition to the great new location, you can use all the facilities of the Work Cafe and enjoy eats, treats and coffee from our awesome cafe partners, Noah. We've also extended our opening hours to 8am to 5pm every weekday. Now that's what we call a great move. Santander International is the trading name of Santander Financial Services PLC Isle of Man branch and is regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. See santanderinternational.co.uk Unwrap the ultimate Apple bundle this Christmas with Shaw. Get all your favourites this festive season for £39 per month. Our great value offer includes the iPhone SE, iPad and Apple Watch. Get yours today. Visit us in store or online at shore.com. T's and C's apply. With Crossroads Furniture Commission Service, our home interiors store will collect customers' unwanted furniture and sell it on their behalf. Following a sale, the customer receives 60% of the sale price, with the remaining 40% being donated to Crossroads. If you have quality furniture to sell and benefit Crossroads, then arrange a collection. Call 611-363 or email furniture at crossroadsiom.org. Terms and conditions apply. Save over a third on festive centrepiece joints at ShopRite. An easy-to-carve turkey breast joint that's a delicious alternative to a whole bird. Now only £3 per pound. Or a succulent, unsmoked, boneless Danish gammon joint. Just £2.70 per pound. Roast, glaze or slow cook for a delicious crowd pleaser. How about a rind-on pork loin joint for the crispiest crackling at only £2.25 per pound. Can't make up your mind? Why not buy all three? Festive Meat Savers, now in at ShopRite. The winning is well and truly underway with Manx Radio's 12 Days of Christmas. We've already given away a treatment for two at King's Spa, a voucher for Ellen Van In Fuels and £100 to spend at Haldane Fisher. Between now and Christmas Eve, we have a huge prize to give away every day. All you need to do is listen for your cue to call and join us live on the air to answer a simple seasonal question. Manx Radio's 12 Days of Christmas, brought to you by Spectrum windows.im Keep listening for your chance to win this festive season. This is the Isle of Man talking. The Man in Life. Thanks to texter owner 490 just said, we need to know the reason the bend's in dry dock at this time of year. The main- This maintenance should have been delayed till January. It was first in Belfast and we... Uh, 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 so why has it been moved to Liverpool? There's a hole in the side. Uh, when she went to Belfast, apparently there was some sort of... Um, altercation, something happened and there's a hole in the side of the... Uh, with regard to the water on the Isle of Man, says Les on 715, we have two filtration plants, one in Douglas, which is fed by Baldwin, and the two smaller ones at Onken, the other one in Sulby, uh, it's fed solely by the Sulby Reservoir. Jewin's with us now. Hi, Jewin. There's a hole in my ferry, dear Liza, dear Liza. <laughs> yeah, I... Um I believe the um, the Green Party had a meeting last night, Andy, and, and it was decided, unfortunately, that from 2025, reindeers have been banned because they're farting too much. So from 2025, all sleighs delivering presents have got to be EVs. Now, did you find that on the internet, or did you, were you there personally? Eddie told me. 
and um, the um, uh, and, uh, I was talking, Bonzo last week said um, uh, I think in one comment I think it was Wednesday last week and listening on playback words fail me I think he said when he was making some comment and all I can say is Bonzo that would be a Christmas present to us all you know if only if only words failed you that would be a Christmas present now yeah, I know they're taking Eddie to pieces there and I know he made a mistake I, I heard that on the playback and you can quite clearly see that I don't know where that came from I think maybe it, it was an overall tonnage that he got um, but um, yeah they, they, there was a mistake there but I look at I look at some of the stuff that I've put on here this year on well, the last couple of years and, and it, it, if anyone takes the interest the stuff, the the actual facts, the people who are talking about this stuff are actually there to be seen. It's just, they're just not on mainstream media. Um, and hence why people get all upset because they can't be bothered going and searching for the stuff themselves. And, you know, I asked Alf Cannon um, last week who his priorities were with. Were they with the people of the Isle of Man or were they with the um the the, the so called leaders of, of the world these days, which is, like it or not, the WEF. And if you study what these people are doing, it's now coming into play. I mean there's just been a report this morning that the Isle of Man are starting to do digital IDs for alcohol. So when people criticize the likes of me and Julian for the stuff that we produce it's factual and it's happening and it's coming down the line. And it worries me like when yesterday we spoke or day before we spoke with Teresa Cope and Julian posed a question to her about the pandemic treaty and she really didn't have a clue about it. And and this stuff is, is going to affect every man child on, on this island as well as everywhere else in the world. Well, I don't think she didn't have a clue about it. What she said was that that's a political decision and that will be DHSC. Manx is just the operational arm. She did, but she did ask Julian to elaborate on it, which suggests to me that she didn't know very much about what was happening. Um, and that's my point. Um, this this stuff is happening. And while everyone's attention has been diverted on stuff, this, this stuff is happening. Um, CDCs is happening. And when I said about people spending cash, which is so important to try and keep cash going, and I've said that about the Bristol Pound and trying to relate it to the Isle of Man, this stuff is on its way. And if people don't stand up and complain about it to their local politicians and make it heard that they don't want this stuff, it is going to happen. Um, you know, and that's the problem. If, if you want um, digital tokens, which is what they want, um, rather than um, uh, cash that you can spend freely, then that's what's going to happen. I can hear the music, Andy. Um, just tell me you're not a. Just tell me you're not a Bitcoin millionaire, Jerome, would you? I, I, if only, Andy. If only. Happy Christmas to you all. Happy Christmas, Andy. Have a healthy one and a good New Year. Good to hear from you. Thanks, Jerome. We're back with an open line tomorrow. Actually, there's one on Thursday tomorrow. There's one on Friday, and then we're off until the New Year. So make the most of the open line tomorrow. Coming up in the new year, with actually talking to um, the head of the Green Party in February. The new head of the Green Party is Lamara Crane. She'll be on in February. And former MHK Martin Perkins, amongst many other people, in the new year. Thanks to Chris Work on the phone today. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. W-I-N-T.